Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Welcome to Series 3 of the Tim Hill Podcast. In the last two series, I've told you about my life. I've met many interesting people along the way who have become my friends and what they all have in common is they have fascinating stories of their own which they are happy to share with you now. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode I'm going to have a chat with Mayrav. Mayrav's going to tell us where and when she was born. She's going to describe to us what it was like where she grew up, the school she went to and the education that she received. So, Mayrov, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No, you're welcome. Most welcome. Thank so, you. So, shall I dive st- right in and, and start? Yeah, where did it all start? Where did it all start for you? Um, well, I was born in the U.S. Um, and then... When I was very young, uh, I lived for just a few years in Israel, and then we went back to the U.S. I grew up there in the deep south <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, and then I went back to Israel, and I lived there for the past 20-something years, and then I, I'm back in the U.S. again. <laughs> the pandemic, uh, through the pandemic, kind of uh, brought me back to the, to the U.S. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of grew up, you know, in, with two countries, two cultures, you know, languages, everything, um, which was interesting. Well, so I, I guess that's, uh, stab in the dark, uh, English and Hebrew. English and Hebrew. Yes. (laughs) Boy, fine, my boy. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bit of Yiddish, but I had that too. <laughs> well, that's kind of it's also similar. Yeah, yeah. Similar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's, you know, my, my education was kind of both. Um, I was big on everything arts through, you know, my, through my schooling. I mm. loved everything related to art. That was my thing. Um, you know, visual arts, performing arts, everything uh, in that nature, uh, which right. kind of let's let's try and get into that then. So yeah, so let's kindergarten. Where were you for kindergarten? Uh, kindergarten, I was in Israel, um, and uh, you know, it was it was kindergarten. Like, who doesn't love that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just fun and games. You know, <laughs> it's it's what kids need to be doing. Um, so where whereabouts in Israel? Um, in the north, when I lived there, when I was uh, younger, it was in the north. Um, and it was, you know, very, I lived in a very, um, the kind of the neighborhood where I lived and the, and the town where I lived was at that time, very pastoral. We had like fields around and, you know, I would, I would go off and either bother my older brother and his friends or I'd go with my friends out and, you know, just like you know, look at the flowers and see all the animals. And I, I did that a lot. Um, and, and I loved it. And that was among all the other usual kid stuff that we did just hang out in the neighborhood and play with the neighborhood kids. And, um, you know, there wasn't any like electronic screen devices back then. So we, we did like the, the fun actual stuff. Well, of because this has really got a pretty checkered history, hasn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's got some rough areas. And yes. um, being next to, to Palestine, I suppose, and Liban, uh, Lebanon. Um, um, yes, it's actually kind of sort of, bordering, yeah, mm. bordering uh, Lebanon, bordering uh, Jordan, Egypt, and then, you know, a little bit of water. <laughs> so it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a very interesting place. When I grew up, I had no clue about politics or anything. It wasn't, we didn't talk, you know, it was, I was little. Mm. Um, and then we moved to the States when I was still young. I was, you know, in the middle of elementary school. Uh, I didn't know any English at the time. Uh, so that was like my kind of first delve with 
kind of learning a new language and a new place with new people. Wow. I didn't know anybody. Uh, that was very interesting. So how and old were you when 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 I was elementary in, school? So yeah, I was in happened? third grade. Um, and yeah, that was very interesting. Different area, different climate. Um, and it was you know it was that. But you know, as a kid, I think kids are very resilient, and you just yeah. kind of okay, this is it, and you adapt, and it's very you know natural and organic and that's how it was and then you know growing up in the in the south it, it was also very interesting because it's you know it's a whole different culture and people even language wise you know there are different kind yeah. of nuances and accents and and everything with english um and so and that was has that southern drawl you yeah, I know. In, I in I, I can when I want to. I can kind of conjure it, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't my my. I guess it didn't stick as as my typical, you know, daily uh, language. Uh, but yeah, it's um. That was that was also very interesting, and that's how you know that's how I grew up. I grew up with you know Americans and Israelis and and friends, you know, different different kinds of people. I kind of gravitated to that too. I had lots of different, you know, in, in high school also, it was like, I was with the international crowd as it was <laughs> like, you know, lots of friends from different areas like me, but from different areas of the world. And it was fascinating because you got to meet like all these different people mm -hmm. that I never would have probably had that opportunity to meet. So that was really, really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was basically it. <laughs> So that that's goes through ele elementary school. So how long were you in, in the deep south for? So I grew up there and then I was there. Um, I even started university there after high school. And then I moved to Israel. Um, and yeah, I lived there uh, for a little bit. And then I, that's when I met my husband. So I kind of uh, stayed. It was a natural thing. I, I liked living there. Um, yeah, okay. and then well, well, let's just wind you back a little bit. Let's let's have a yeah. look at your high school. Or, or, yeah, or, uh, yeah. So I guess you go elementary onto high school. Or yep. Yeah. When yeah. I grew up, it was elementary straight to high school, which is a very strange jump. Um, yeah, it's quite it, a big jump. And it, and it, yeah, it, and it changed actually. I think a couple of years after I graduated, they put in the middle school system in my area. Um, which I don't know if it's any better because a lot of people also complain about that system. So I think, you know, adolescence in general is awkward. I don't think there's any way to make it not. So, so some of us, um, it's amazing that we actually came through childhood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, adolescence is just, that's the time where everything is just, I don't know, crazy and weird and full of angst and drama and whatnot, no matter what you try to do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you just find your people and, and that's, you know, do the best you can. <laughs> <laughs> so going into high school, then from, uh, from elementary. Yeah. What, um, what was your favorite subjects? Um, many of my, favorite subjects in high school were dependent on my teachers um, because I had, for example, I had an algebra class, an algebra. I was not a math person ever, not before, not after. But I had a couple years of algebra in high school where I loved it because I had a wonderful teacher. Um, this was mm. some guy that I've never had this opportunity to be with this kind of teacher. He was super cool. And he, you know, talked to you besides high and let's do, you know, he, he really, you know, he addressed all these problems that he kind of felt were happening in, you know, between the students. Um, and, and he taught us, he taught us math too, but way more than that. And it was just kind of like a little bit of life skills and stuff, which was so, you know, it's so necessary and so lacking in the school systems. And so that was just, I love that. So that was, you know, it was my favorite subject, not so much because of math, I was kind of happy to be, you know, I felt it was, I was more able to do it, I think also because I had a good teacher and he taught us well. But besides that, I just loved the class. Um, and then I had, I had a few other, I also had a history class that I really loved. History was just, it was just really interesting. 
And of course, anything, all the art, all my art stuff I loved. I loved, I had an art, uh, like a visual art class and I had um, kind of this drama club that I was in. And so I loved that. Well, let's just have a look at your history. What, um, what period of history were you looking at? And what was your favorite period in, in history that you were learning? In world history? Well, in history. I, I mean, you mean in the subject history? So, yeah, um, yeah I, I loved world history. Um, it's one of those things that I immediately understood that we're, we're going through it so fast to just to kind of cover the subjects, but you can dive into each one, you know, for years. Um, but I, yeah, but I loved it. I can't, I can't picture Americans. I mean, history for them is, is like the last couple of hundred years. Uh, no, and, but you, we had and a they course. don't really look outside of America. Um, yeah. So that was, so I had a course called world history. I also had American history, but I really liked world history better. Mm. Um, just because it was more interesting. There were more, it was more, you know, it was, yeah. it was more years, more different kinds of people. Um, we really started with like the beginning of civilization, how that started. I just thought that was fascinating. And it, it kind of tied in later on to what got me really interested in theater. Cause it's kind of like the study of people and how mm. people, you know, live and how they get by with each other because we're so different and so alike and so different and so alike and yet so different and so alike, <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> and, it, and it gets, you know, it, it's really fascinating to think like, wow, you know, how did this happen? And how did these people, you know, get by with these circumstances and make these choices and have these leaders and, you know, big world events that happened, how did they happen? Mm. And, um, it was just fascinating. So I love that. Mm. Wow. A drama. You got into yeah. drama. And yeah. So, so that that was an actual drama class? or was, uh, We had a club. Was it was an after school. It was an after school thing. Yeah, which was unfortunate. I would have loved it to be all day every day because that was when I finally kind of felt that I fit in with the group because when you're, whenever you're doing theater work, all the kind of other stuff goes out the window because you just, you don't need to worry about, you know, the, you know, popularity status and what you're wearing and all that. Like, you don't worry about that because you're dealing with the work, you know, you're doing, yeah. you know, whatever is, uh, whatever character you're working on or whatever situation you're working on, you, you can't deal with all the other stuff because it, it's irrelevant. And mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that we were just finally getting to know each other as people there and there, you know, and it was, and we had like, you know, jokes and all the inside things. And, and I love that. So that was, um, I really felt that that was my thing. I really liked that. I loved, I loved the work and I loved the performance part and I, you know. So did you put any plays on? What, yeah, what sort of plays um, did you put on? Were they musicals or were they, they farces or were they, they drama? So. I was also in some stuff um, in elementary school. There was one big production that wasn't a production, but it was like, for me, it was a big production um, right before high school and elementary school we did. And I actually uh, co-produced it with a friend. Uh, literally a teacher came up to, to us and they, and they were like, Hey, can you put up this show for us? And we did. And it was, and I loved that. Um, I helped write it. I helped direct it. I was in it. I thought that was the coolest thing. Um, in high school, we did proper scripted plays. So we did, we had one drama, it was a drama comedy uh, that we ended up going to some sort of uh, like competition, uh, area competition with, which is really nice. And then we did a, a few things for the school, for school events. Um, but it wasn't anything major. I would have loved for it to be, you know, much more than that. But that, that's what I had at the school at the time. But it was enough to get me to know that I, I really wanted to pursue that. Okay. And, and, and your art, what um, medium of art do you use? What's, what's your, your favorite medium? Um, Is it painting? Is it pottery? It's, it um, I, I, like, I like all of them. Like to just kind of dabble for fun, I, anything would be fun. Painting, uh, sculpture, I love that. Um, I, I like getting messy, uh, with the art. I, 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 you know, it's, it's fun. Um, 
but on a day to day, I don't always have the access to it. So I sketch a lot. I just, you know, illustrate and draw. Um, I've always done that, but I, I do that still. Um, that's kind of, you know, it, it gets me to kind of be creative with accessible uh, mediums. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like all of it. Mm. So did you do any literature? English yeah, was, so literature yeah. in school also was, it got more interesting uh, in the higher grades because we dealt with, I, I guess we were, we had more interesting content. And also um, there were more um, kind of play-like texts that we dealt with. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I, you know, it was just, I just loved it so much. So yeah, literature really tied in because it got me reading plays and it got me interested in, in the structure of writing it and, and how, you know, these ideas even come about. So yeah, I, I, I like literature too. Mm. So moving on slightly then, um, when you graduated high school, did you did you get all did you get enough um, credits and everything to be able to go on to college? Yeah, I actually finished a bit earlier um, because I was I was able to kind of scrunch up my schedule in a way to finish um, to finish earlier. So I literally finished mid year and started right away uh, <laughs> university. Um, and yeah, and I and and university studies also was you know theater. Theater, theater. <laughs> I also had like, uh, you know, I, I, I studied other things and I took other courses. Um, but that was when I really got into, into it. So that was your major then, theater? Yeah, I had theater and also education. It was uh, like a double. All right. Yeah. It was a dub double major? Yeah. So you see there was one and then what was your other major? Theatre and education. So what sort of education? General studies? Edu education, like teaching. Oh, right. Been it, been yeah. So teacher training. English, English mainly, uh, particularly English as a second language. Um, naturally, that drew me <laughs> because of my own experiences. Um, and I ended up um, kind of combining all that later on to, in, to some extent with my theatre work. Hmm. One question, because English is your second language, at home, what language did you speak? So I have to say that I'm pretty much completely bilingual because I, the first language I ever spoke was Hebrew because it was with my parents. Um, and, you know, when I was little, I, I spoke Hebrew. But once... Once I was in elementary school in the U.S. and I learned English, I was pretty much stronger in English. Um, so I would, I, and to this day, you know, I speak with my parents in Hebrew, but with my brother, English. And um, I'm, I'm more comfortable with English, but I can, I can totally, you know, I'm, I'm also very agile in Hebrew. <laughs> Are there any other languages that you've uh, you've had a go? Um, no, I mean I know you know a few words. I I like to learn a few words in every language, so I know that like every other person. But um, that's mainly it. And gibberish, also gibberish, is very useful in <laughs> theater. Very good at gibberish, and um, yeah. You mean, you mean um, Shakespeare? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's all different English. Oh, oh, I went to see. Um, as you like it, the old Vic, and it was done contemporary. Oh, okay. Now they may have well been speaking Swahili because I couldn't understand it at all. It it, it went straight yeah. over the head. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, but but then you can also kind of tell. It's funny with Shakespeare because when you see contemporary Shakespeare, if you enjoyed it or understood any of it. It was probably mostly because of the acting, the body language and, you know, and everything else and maybe even the set and the costumes, because that'll get you kind of to understand what's going on. Kind of sometimes like opera where, even you know, you, you kind of you can understand what's going on just by what's going on, which is also fascinating. Well, if I, 
opera's done in English, it's not so bad. But when it's done in Italian, <laughs> yeah, but you can you can tell, you know, when they're yeah. angry, <laughs> it's angry, and when they're, you know, it's you, you can kind of tell what's going on. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be say a few others. I mean, uh, alas, poor Yurik, I knew him well, and uh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore out there, Romeo? I'm down here. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's um and it's very it's very nice to see adaptations of Shakespeare. Because mm. then you get to see, you know, oh, okay, how is this storyline, but now in a different, you know, uh kind of street language or whole different language and different visual interpretations. So I love that there are so many uh, you know, versions of these yeah. classics. Well, I'm 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 a I like uh, Noel Coward. I love a Noel Coward farce. <laughs> I'm not familiar with, not familiar. Noel Maybe Coward. I am, but I don't know I am. You must know Noel Coward. Darling. I'm going to look it up. Noel Coward, he is famous and he's written, under, he's an English playwright. Speaks okay. Oh, I'm sure that I've, I'm sure that I'm, I'm familiar with his work. He's a, uh, He's done some brilliant, brilliant farces. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love farces and 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 parodies and and you know I, I love those too. I think it's it it also shows kind of a brilliance in a way because yeah. you have to take something and kind of spin Especially it. Especially if it's done um, Yes. Mm. So, did you come out with a double first? Um, a double first. Top honors. Uh, from oh, you. oh, 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 yeah. We don't. Yeah, we don't have <laughs> um, yeah. I was, I was actually on. Uh, um, you know, certain. I've gotten certain achievement awards. Uh, throughout my my schooling and you know elementary and high school and also university. Um, yeah, I've done that. I was. I'm very. Uh, I was very studious. Although later when I started actually, you know, working like in my career, I noticed that it was, I was learning so much more uh, mm. when you're actually doing, uh, I learned way more than, you know, theoretical stuff that you learn when yeah. you're not on the field. So it's, um, you know, I, I love that much more. Mm. So did you do any sports at all? We're in a I'm unfortunately not very sporty. Um, I used to play when I was a little kid. I used to play soccer a lot, football, um, because I would just tag on to my brother and his friends. And <laughs> that's what they did. So I did that. Um, but I, I didn't do much in school, like, you know, a school sport or anything like that. Um, that wasn't my thing. My, my exercise <laughs> was like... Right. I only did, I only did the bare minimum of compulsory. <laughs> yes. So you graduated university college. So yes. what was your first job? What did you go and do? Um, well, I actually was kind of trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I, uh, I was teaching a little bit uh, in English and then I, quickly realized that I really want to pursue acting and performance uh, with that respect of everything that I learned. I said, okay, it's, I, I got to do that. That's my thing. So I started doing that. I was um, going, you know, I had an agent going to auditions, doing all that good stuff. And um, very, very much as I started, I, quickly realized that I have to create my own work because I did not want to wait on an agent giving me the opportunity to maybe go to an audition that I maybe will pass and mm. then get that job that maybe will get me another gig. And, you know, I, I didn't like that. I didn't have much, you know, control over my own work um, in terms of what was possible because I knew what I could do. Mm. And I said, okay, I'll do the auditions thing. But meanwhile, I want to try to pursue my own stuff. So I, um, at the time I realized that 
I had, I could, I should explore what, what could be done and what's needed. And a lot of emerging actors, uh, especially in Israel, they go about the route of doing, um, children's theater. Um, they usually do that a lot. And there's a lot of children's theater in Israel that is traveling and goes to schools. They go to schools and they perform there. And at the time I said, okay, there's nothing in English. And in Israel, they learn English as a second language from fourth grade, third grade. And so I decided to try that. So, so that's what you did when you graduated from college? You moved. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just wanted when to... When did you jump back over to Israel? Um, so I had, in the middle of my university studies, I went to Israel and I continued there. All right. Yeah. Could you do that, pick up the same curriculum? Or did you um, no, I had to, I had to change some curriculum? stuff around. But yeah, it wasn't, you know, it's not the exact same, but I did it. I made it. <laughs> I got the degree <laughs> and then went on my merry way, um, which also was, you know, that it doesn't always end with acting, especially, you know, you always want, I I've been taking courses since then, you know, you take courses for mm. certain things that you want to, you know, or with certain teachers or actors that have workshops or whatever. So I've been doing that as well. That's kind of like a maintenance education, if you will, mm. you know? Um, so I've been doing that. Um, I think that's important. You meet new people and see new perspectives and learn new things. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, I, that's when I really said, okay, I want to pursue this and I want to create my own stuff. So I wrote a play and it was in English. I got hold of a couple of other colleagues that were also new and had great English. And I said, Hey, you want to do this with me? And they said, sure. <laughs> and we made a pilot performance at a school and then we did another one and a few others and we saw that it worked. It, you know, everything, the storyline was working the English was working, even though it wasn't their, you know, mother tongue. Mm -hmm. And that's where it started. Um, we started performing actual real performances that were, you know, bookings. And uh, we were starting to be asked, what, when's the next show? What's the next show? So I wrote another one and then I wrote another one and then I created uh, you know, something for high school level children. And then I created something for adults. And then, you know, it went on like a few years after that, uh, went on and on and on. And yeah, that's how uh, I kind of created my, my own thing. Mm. But I also got to work with other people and meet other people along the way. And that was, that was really, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, I think I'm maybe making it sound a bit more, um, cotton bally than <laughs> it really was there's a lot of there's a lot of hard work there oh, but uh, and also, as well was there you i was doing everything so uh it's a lot and mm. with you know bootstrapping it all along the way like even even below bootstrapping i don't even know what's below that but below that that's what i was like in the mud of the muck below the bootstrap that's pretty much our you know the budget we had to deal with and the and the, the you know all the it, it was just making something out of nothing really. And, and going from there and I was doing everything, you know, besides the acting, I was writing and directing and I, I was also doing all the production work, booking the shows and dealing with, you know, contracts and, uh, and being a driver and a marketer and uh, set design and costume design and, you know, basically doing everything, especially at the beginning until later on, I, I was fortunate enough to, to work with people who, who were doing that and I could work with them. So it must have been tough in the early days then. So yeah. what else did you do to supplement your income? Did, um, so because the, you couldn't, I mean, when you're starting out, you obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's not. And even, and even that, you know, it's not, there aren't shows all day, every day. Um, there has to be supplemental work for most actors. That's how it yeah. is. Mine was, um, I, I actually, kept up with, um, teaching, but I focused it on theater. So I had a lot of, um, theater workshops and courses for, uh, kids and for adults. 
um, that were in English and kind of, you know, combined the English usage and theater. And, um, you know, I, I focused on different aspects of theater and improvisation and uh, things for beginners and for people that have had experience with it. I was, you know, working with other professional actors in terms of working with them on their English for their English speaking roles that they got um, because there there's a lot of um, English language work in Israel uh, for actors mm-hmm. uh, from a lot of different productions from abroad and also things that are filmed there. So I started working with that as well. So I had, you know, I, I did lots of different kinds of stuff. Mm. So it's enough to keep you going and keep your roof over your head. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and, it, and I was very fortunate also to have, uh, you know, a lot of support from family to just keep going with this, you know, and, and my husband's super supportive. Um, he's like my, you know, he's my number one fan, I guess. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, it, it keeps you going because it's very challenging and very frustrating. And, you know, it's not, this is not a job that is a typical nine to five job where you go for an interview, get the role, and then you're, you know, you just go in and out every day and punch in and punch out. It's you really have to work for every single job opportunity you have day in, day out. Mm. So you're still going around schools and stuff like that? Doing, uh... um, so now, uh, so the pandemic, unfortunately, pretty much shut down everything um, that I was doing mm. um, in terms of theater courses, shows, everything. And one of my most recent uh, productions that I had done, uh, which came out in late 2017, was a solo show. It was actually my first solo show. And I had already been performing it right before the pandemic. I had been performing it all over Israel, but also in the States. And I've had uh, other, uh, you know, a, a lot of opportunities that started to develop from that um, off Broadway and also in, um, in Europe. And I had this whole kind of U S tour already set and scheduled and almost completely finalized in the U S and the first performance was literally that first weekend where everything shut down (laughs) in the pandemic. So it, and everything else, you know, stopped. And so that was, um, quite a shock. I tried to adapt, you know, once I kind of got my brain wrapped around what, uh, what was going on, which also I think people needed time to do. Uh, I did, especially, um, I, I kind of switched my solo show to a virtual platform and I was able to do that, which was actually kind of nice. Cause I got to have people in my audience from all over the world and that wouldn't have been possible in a, in a, you know, um, physical in-person theater. Um, so that was nice. And now that, you know, now I'm in the U S I'm trying to, yeah. yeah. How did that actually work? Were you able to get paid for it or? Yeah. Yeah. And also. Subscribe to the, so just like going to a show, but having it on virtual. Yeah. So you pay to get in, into it. Yeah. You get a virtual ticket and everything, everything's virtual and it's still, uh, it's still done now. I still have virtual shows every now and then. Now um, a lot of other uh, performers do this too still. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I've done also some fundraisers through this, through in this, um, system, uh, you know, virtually I've performed in different kinds of expos and, um, you know, conventions and yeah, it's been, it's been very fascinating. Mm. Proper little challenge that then. Yes. Yes. It's, um, and also doing it virtually was, challenging creatively because I had to make Mm. some changes in order to adapt it for the new medium. Mm. Uh, So in a way that was kind of fun because I said, Oh, okay, now I have to make this work without that. And how do I do that without this? And and now I have this, I can use that. So, you know, I have had different options of doing things. Yeah. So, so what you built your own little stage, uh, how many cameras did you use for it? Um, I actually did it super simple. My show itself is very uh, bare minimum uh, in terms of set and props. That's the the look of it. And it's very stripped down on purpose. Um, the show deals with uh, a lot of heavy things, even though it's a comedy. But I wanted that look of just having it 
simple and, and just getting down to business and focusing on that and not on, you know, fireworks and whatever. So that was, that was my initial thought. So when I did it virtually, I also had it very stripped down. I had one camera. Um, I did move around, but I had one camera. I had some, some of my props that I could use, but some I couldn't use because it's just, you know, you only have this little frame. Um, but I, I did utilize a lot of the technology that was now available to me. And I said, Oh, okay, I could do that now. And I, you know, I I had a lot of new tricks up my sleeve for, for the performance. (laughs) So that was nice. So how did you set it up? Did you sort of in a room with with a camera set back? Was it one of these clever cameras that that, that chase you around when you? No, um, I I, I was with myself and I didn't have, you know, a bunch of other people in the room with me to help me. Um, So, and this was, you know, I started as early as the quarantine. So yeah, mm. that's, I just had that. And I said, okay, I'm, I'll just do it as best as I can. So I would do, um, most of the performance when it, when it would be just me, I could, I could be, you know, just me talking. I mean, <laughs> it was always just me, but yeah. it was, uh, when it's just me talking, I, I would be closer to the camera and it would just be, you know, close up frame, but sometimes I'd walk and go backwards, uh, to the back and then you could see more of me and I could walk a little bit a little bit of pace, you know, Mm. back and forth, you could see some movement. So yeah, I did, I, I, I did what I could with what I had. Um, did you use a remote mic mic on the camera? I did. Uh, I had like, um, a neck mic, like a little lapel mic that I, so that the sound would be good, but I could still move around wherever I wanted to in the room. Um, so yeah. Mm, Fascinating. Yeah, and you did it just live. make sure I had a lot of lighting because, you know, sometimes I did it when it was dark out and sometimes I did it when it was light out, but I had to make sure, yeah. Hmm. And, it, and it went out live or, or did you record it and then... Um, so it went out live and you were either there and you saw it or you didn't. Um, and then I had other virtual shows where I had uh, kind of like a mutual streaming type of thing where I would, it it was more of a discussion type of show where we, I would stream a previously recorded performance that I've had from an in-person show before the pandemic where there were people in the audience and everything. And I was on stage and uh, we'd be able to talk as it was being performed in a way Uh, we would, we would chat. And then I could, sometimes I would stop it in the middle to talk or we would talk afterwards about it. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, I had different kinds of versions of this virtual, um, thing and all that said and done, it's still, it's not the same magic as being in person, of course, but yeah, you can't can't be live theater. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very hard. You know, I, I, I tried my best to make it work. I've seen others do it virtually. I know others have done it virtually and it's nice. It's not bad. It's just not the same. It's just, you know, it's not yeah. the same. So now that, you know, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's inexplicable theater magic that you only know if you've been, especially if you've been to a good show where, or good for you, where you, you could just feel it. There's some sort of energy there um, that is never there during rehearsals. And it's never there if you're just a bunch of people gathered around with no show. Yeah. It's there only when you have a good show, a good performance, and you have a good audience or an audience in general. And it's it, and you just kind of get everyone connected in that same moment in time. It's unlike anything else. Audiences. Yeah. How do you find audiences in the different countries? Um, so because do you have a difference in, in, in American audience to, uh, an Israeli audience? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because with this particular show, um, it's interesting because I was able to perform it in front of the, the widest array of audiences that I've, that I've done, um, different kinds of people, different ages of people, different cultures, languages, um, I, I performed the show in English, of course, but yeah, you kind of think, okay, not only is this, you know, this particular show is a comedy about infertility, which is, uh, uh, infertility is a very heavy subject and not at all funny at all, but it's, I, I do it in a funny way. And so not only is that happening, but you have a lot of different people from a whole lot of different backgrounds, some, 
you know, infertility is a topic that no one even says the word. <laughs> and some come from homes where they talk about it openly. Uh, you know, and it and how do you how do you do that? Right. I had to kind of tackle that. How is that gonna work? But it works. And I'm happy to say that I have, you know, to this day, I've done it in front of so many different kinds of audiences, so many different, you know, ages, backgrounds, professions, mm-hmm. races, religions, whatever you want. And it works. It's just there's something about this thing that it's still a shared experience in a way, even with people that haven't experienced it. I, I talk a lot about other things in there, about women in general and, and, and stuff. And mm. people relate to that. And it's funny, you know, they laugh. Sometimes they laugh at different places and sometimes they laugh louder than other people. Uh, you know, some people <laughs> laugh quieter than others. Some are very reserved and the, that's, you know, tough, but it, but it still works. You know, the, the point mm. comes across the, the entertainment was had. <laughs> And, you know, it's, uh, um, and it's great to know that that, that is, you know, something that's doable because that, that is a big question mark there. Like, what, is this going to work? Yeah. So I guess that play, particular play, because I, I, I've seen your trailer for it. Yeah. So, uh, so do you want to have a chat about that? I mean, sure. I've, I've, um, I've seen uh, infertility firsthand with, um, my daughter, she was struggling for years. Finally, managed to to, to get pregnant and have a, a child, but it, it it took a few goes, that's for sure, and a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is something that is experienced by so many people and talked by so few. Mm. Um, it is not talked about, it, and not only is it not talked about with you know friends, family, or professionals, it's barely even talked about with within themselves with people, you know, it's like they're, they don't even want to, they don't even want to acknowledge it. And it's, it's incredible. And this was, you know, while I was doing all this stuff that I was telling you about writing plays and performing and booking and all that, I was doing that for years, but in my personal life, I was um, going through infertility um, and I was going through what's called unexplained infertility, which I like to call the fun kind, because you have no clue what's going on. Everything apparently is working. But, you know, so yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah. And um, so I was going through that and I wasn't talking about it with anybody. I, you know, on stage, I'm very, you know, I can be very crazy and open, but it was my personal life and no one I knew around me was talking any about anything like this. So clearly my husband and I were the only freaks of nature in the entire world. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to talk about this with anybody. Right. Um, and so we kept it our own little thing and we didn't talk about it for years. Um, and we went through unexplained infertility and we went through unexplained secondary infertility, which is, um, you know, uh, problems conceiving a second child. And, um, it's, you know, it was, it was so much. Um, and then at some point I just kind of, I think I was maybe ready to talk about it finally. Um, and with friends at least. And I, but I just didn't know how. Um, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm kind of ready. I think I, I, you know, I'm tired of like not talking about it. And I guess I just want like people to know and just get it over with, but I don't know how, how am I going to say this? I don't want to start talking about this horribly frustrating, uh, all emotions type of thing and just ball and cry. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm. So I, I kind of just figured out that I could just utilize my theatrical background and do that. I said, I can do that. I can do it with comedy. I can do it with theater. That is my language. I can do that. So I just literally invited some friends over to my house one night and said, Hey, come over for cookies and hormones or something like that. (laughs) And, um, and I had a few of my close friends over in my living room sitting in front of me as I was telling them everything that was that I was experiencing for the past oh so many years, but I didn't tell them like I'm talking to you as a story. I told them with silly songs and these funny characters and weird props and, you know, <laughs> and, and a lot of humor and they were laughing and that, you know, it was just, it was going pretty well, I guess. Mm. And I was like, awesome. I got it out. And when I was done, it was just, I was, I felt so, you know, exposed. I literally said, okay, I'm done everybody, good night. And I opened the door and I, I thought they'd just Fair shuffle enough. out. 
yeah, we don't have to talk about this again. But they they stayed and they started talking about all these things that were related that they had gone through. And that got me really fascinated because of my whole thing with people and learning about how, you know, what makes them tick. And I said, okay, hold on. We're a group of, you know, alleged close friends and we didn't know all these little details about ourselves. Why aren't people talking? Why aren't women talking about all this stuff? And that got me really interested. And my friends were urging me to, they were like, you have to make this one of your shows. You have to actually make this a show. And I said, yeah, but who's going to watch it? You know, you're watching it because you're my friend and you know me, but who, what stranger is going to watch some strange woman on stage talking about her, you know, reproductive (laughs) issues. And, but I, I took it as like a professional challenge, a professional, like creative challenge. And I said, I'll, I'll do it. So I worked on it for about a year. You know, I wrote it as a proper, you know, solo show. I had, you know, had a, um, an amazing dramaturg I worked with an amazing stylist who helped me kind of conceptualize the whole look of it all. And they're really awesome. And, And my friends were very supportive throughout the whole thing. And I, and I premiered this show and I thought going into it, it was going to be a one night only event, but it just sparked this whole thing. And, you know, people came up to me and, and said, you know, this is my sister's story. This is our daughter's story. I didn't, I never knew all the details or, you know, even, even, um, medical professionals were at my show and were like, Oh, you know, we never really thought about that. You know, all this um, it was just fascinating. And I just said, okay, now I just have to do this show. Like I have to have everyone see this show. Cause this is now like a, a purpose to get people feeling, you know, validated, heard, seen, uh, you know, to understand what others are going through. It's just, yeah. so that, that was kind of like my, you know, became kind of my mission. And, and through that, I, I met, people from all over the world through social media. And, um, you know, I just got this amazing door opened. Um, and I just, I was fortunate to meet all these amazing people. And that's kind of how there was a bit more awareness worldwide for stuff that I was doing. So when I was doing virtual shows, um, it was, they had the opportunity to see it. So, did you get an awful lot of pressure from your parents? When are you going to have the children? When are we going to get the grandchildren? <laughs> right. I have to say that I that we didn't have that much pressure because we just kind of made it clear at first that, well, it'll happen, it'll happen. You know, we kind of like steered away, changed subjects. We had our little, you know, ways of... of you know, changing the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just kind of our tool and it was fine. And we weren't really, you know, bothered too much. We did have the occasional question from, from them or a hint or from other people around us, of course, but we kind of found our way to deal with it. Um, but I think it was, you know, it, it was, it's something that it, that is there and mainly it's your own feeling because you you see what's yeah. going on with your friends and there's another baby and another baby and we had uh, you know our daughter and you know I was getting a lot of pressure too I was like well, I want you know she needs a sibling and it's a lot you know it's a lot it's a lot a lot a lot it's very frustrating mm-hmm. especially when at least with me and my generation growing up and I think it was also true for many other generations and unfortunately also for today's younger generation we grew up with our main, you know, sex education coming from school, which was very lacking and misinformative, but that's besides the point. But that was our main thing of like how to avoid it because just by passing by the opposite sex, you're going to get pregnant. So we, that's basically what we knew that it was a sure thing that when, you know, you're trying, it's going to happen. So when it doesn't happen, it just becomes even more frustrating and, you know, and then when you see other people, even if they were having trouble, but they're not talking about it. So you don't know. So it's like, <laughs> oh, it came so easy to them, but it might not have. And in retrospect, yeah. when kind of came out with a show and our other friends started talking and we we're like, what you went through? What? We didn't know, you know, so it's interesting. Hmm. So that's where you are, is it? Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. And I'm hoping that I think things are a little bit now getting back to normal in terms of theater in person and, and, uh, you know, 
hopefully I'll be able to book more shows and, and get that going again. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting this out to, you know, as many people, I, I think it's, it, it does some sort of service in a way. And I'm, and I'm hoping that I can continue with that. Yeah. So getting out back on the, on the stage and, and, and getting out there and doing it live. Yes. Like yeah. And I, and I had the opportunity of doing it uh, this past fall in an outdoor theater arrangement, kind of. I did an outdoor performance and that was my first show of uh, my first in-person show in, you know, over well over a year and a half, I guess. And it was just it was insane. Like, you know, all the feelings and everything. And it was just it was. Yeah, it was very intense. First night nerves. and. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was like doing it yeah. again for the, you know, the very first time very ever, because you're kind of like, you know, it the nerves right before is one thing. But when when I start and then I get that first reaction or first laugh, it's like, whoa, it's happening. It's like this is happening. You know, this is that Ooh. little conversation <laughs> that's going on. It's crazy. Wicked. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you say so you've got a daughter. So. It, yep. Yeah, and you know, and I say it in the show, and we're you know we're we're good how we how we are, Um, and it's you know, I think there's there's this whole thing with infertility is so loaded, and for each person, there are many similarities with people that have gone through it, and also many intricate differences because each story is different, and some are so much more complex and and insane than others. It's really like, you know, you really do kind of appreciate, you know, humans and, and people in general for thinking, you know, just understanding, wow, just babies is just a miracle. That's just, you know, (laughs) having that happen after all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you tend to spoil them. (laughs) <laughs> you wrap them up you know it does affect the way that you parent i think in a way uh people yeah. that have gone through infertility and people that haven't i i think the parenting is a little bit different not necessarily better because there might be a bit of helicopter parenting and might be a bit of spoiling and might be but it's it's you know it's 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 stemming from that from just all the stuff you go through right like everything we do all the choices we make stems yeah. from everything we've, you know, grown up with and, and our little set of circumstances. So. Well, <laughs> I've enjoyed this. Just been yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. No, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and look forward to the next one. Welcome to the Tim Hill podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.